Father, with so many things going on in the world, we ask that you would be, help us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. When we see events transpiring and there's a buildup towards violence, we ask that you would give us calmness in our hearts, not to worry or fret. For we know the outcome. We know where this is headed. We'd ask, Lord, that you would help us to walk in an attitude of peace, even in the midst of turmoil. And we pray, Lord, that as we are able to, give us the words and the wisdom to share, share the gospel, share the love that you have for us. And help us also, Lord, sincerely, we ask from our hearts to help us to walk in a way that is worthy of the calling that you have called us to. So we ask that you would bless your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning I was going to go into 2 Corinthians chapter 1, but I decided not to. I decided to give you a little bit of an update because when news is happening, I always like to compare that. Well, what does Scripture say about this? Is it something close or something that's been prophesied or is it leading up to something that has been prophesied? Do I need to be concerned? Do I need to pray more for what's going on? Of course, the answer to that one is always yes. But this idea of looking at the events and as things in our world and as things go from bad to worse in several instances, we know Titus 2.13 says we have a blessed hope the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's up in heaven and he's going to come get us, according to 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and John chapter 14 and Isaiah chapter 26. He also tells us in his word, Luke chapter 21, verse 36, be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. So as we see these events, as we look at the news and read what's going on, we're always supposed to be looking ahead, contemplating how what is prophesied might be coming to pass. We're to be watching. It's like the servants in the vineyard. They were to watch for the master when he came. And if they weren't watching, of course, there were bad things that happened to them as a result. And they were to be attentive to the things of their Lord, their owner, the, the one who took care of them. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the technology and some of the happenings that are going on out there to kind of give you perspective of where we are as far as the biblical timeline is concerned. Do I think the rapture will happen today? I hope so. Uh, may not happen today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe right after the election. I, I don't know what's going to go on with that, but I'm always hopeful. But when I look at the world and everything that's going on in the political spectrum, did you guys know that global military spending is way up? It's way up, and more so than at any other time in history. And I want to let you know something. You know, for the past 20 years, what have we been doing with our manufacturing here in the United States. We've been shipping it abroad, specifically to China, to Vietnam, to Korea, South Korea, to some of the uh, Indonesian states over there. Our clothing 
comes from Cambodia mostly. That's what they do there. They make a lot of clothing and backpacks and Columbia backpacks and, and clothing. That's made over there as well. And so with this, the, the technology that has been shifted over, it's been shifted over to countries that may not necessarily be friendly to us. By the way, the last time I was in Cambodia, the buildings over there were getting taller and taller, like 20 stories and 25 stories, massive buildings that were uh, in the city there, the main city. And also when we went to Vietnam, you wouldn't know you were in a communist country because of the high rises. You know, we have this, what used to be known as the Emerald Shapery Towers, how you have the the green neon that goes around the separate buildings that were there. And some people praised it and some people said it was the worst thing in architecture they had ever seen. Well, they have those types of buildings over in Vietnam. Ho Chi Minh City is what it used to be called. And you wouldn't know, for instance, we went to an Italian restaurant there and you wouldn't know that you were not in Little Italy going into the Italian restaurant. It had all the amenities that we have here in the restaurants. When you walked outside, the only difference was all the motos on the sidewalk. And then when you got on the, the roadway, uh, you get caught in one of those washing machine turnabouts where they have hundreds of these motos going around and every once in a while they have a few cars. And, and that country definitely is, they're not our friend, although we're on a friendly basis with them. And certainly China is not our friend. The United States has declared that what they're doing in the South China Sea is indeed illegal. There have been confrontations. They are mad that we're sending our carriers over there into that area. And we are kind of pushing back against them, claiming they claim that the South China Sea is theirs. And they are dredging up small atolls and islands, and they're making them into military bases over there. And we're just going right by them with the aircraft carriers, kind of saying, I dare you. Go ahead. Take a shot. And they're building up their military. They're building missiles and they're building tanks. They're building all kinds of things. And they have millions in their army over there. Everybody's in the military over there. Well, since we sent our uh, technology and our manufacturing over there, for the last 20 years, we have been manufacturing all of our computer chips over there. And when it comes to computer chips, there is what is known as a RAM chip, random access memory. That's what you uh, do when you load a program. You put it into the RAM is what you do. And then there's the ROM chip. The ROM chip is what controls the computer and allows it to start up every single time. You don't mess with that. You have to be a special guy to mess with that type of thing. And, and that's done at the factory. Well, all of these ROM chips were made in China. And these chips are in literally everything. Uh, in the back of the sanctuary here, we have Nest uh, temperature controls. There's chips in that, probably made in China. Could be in Korea that they were made. Could be Vietnam. We don't know exactly where, but most of them are made in China. Uh, your cell phone. Do you have an Apple phone? That Apple phone was made in China. Do you have an Apple computer? It was made in China. Do you have a Windows computer? 
that it operates on Windows, those were made in China. Everything you have, your vehicles, the chips that are in those vehicles were made in China. Uh, previous to the present administration, the chips that went into a lot of our military uh, devices were made in China. Now, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a uh, stuck, stuck net, I think is what they call it, Stuxnet. Uh, that was a virus that was unleashed in Iran. Uh, it was a few years ago, maybe a little over a decade ago. And what Iran was doing is they're taking uh, a nuclear gas and they were separating the fissile material out of the gas and it requires that they have these centrifuges to do that. And so it spins the gas around and the molecules slowly separate and they're able to take that and they make that into a, a fissile material where they're able to make a nuclear bomb. That's what they were doing. Well, what did we do? Or maybe it was the Israelis. We don't know really which one it was. Some people will say one, some people will say the other. What they decided to do is they got into the ROM chip and they made those centrifuges fuges spin out of control where they just burned up and we stopped or Israel stopped their nuclear program by doing that blew up the whole system that was over there all because we got into the system and we changed the programming because there was this backdoor program that was inside the ROM chip that ran everything now let me give you a scenario we are not on friendly terms with China, although on the face of it, when you look at the media, it's like we're friendly with each other. Well, what if we got into a real conflict? What if China and the South China Sea had had it with the carriers going through there and they decided to launch something against the carrier? Would we retaliate? Would it escalate? What if they fired missiles at us? Would we fire missiles back at them, nuclear missiles? Well, if we did, where were some of the chips made? in China, what if they decided to reprogram some of those hardened chips? Now, hardened chip means you can go through a nuclear blast and the chip will not change. The programming remains the same. What if they sent a code over somehow, they communicated with the chip and said, ah, go back to where you came from, and the missile goes back to where it came from? Do you know that uh, Trump, he is now requiring that all chips are made in the United States that service the military. How long will it take to turn that around? A long time. You know how many thousands, maybe even millions of chips there are in what the military uses over there. And so that's just an example of the conflict that we could end up having with China. And China, we know, also is uh, paying people off in the universities, in, in research and development of different technologies which are out there so that the information goes back to China. I read recently where there was a, a Chinese pilot and his wife, they were arrested for espionage, selling secrets back to the Chinese. And he became a, a United States citizen. He has been here for decades. He had a pilot in the military. And they were just taking the information and shipping it back. And so uh, when you see these types of things taking place and there's no let up, and who do you think that they want uh, to be president this next go-round? Do you think they want it to be Trump or do you think they want it to be Biden? And are they going to try to hop in there and, and wreak some havoc 
in the election? Well, they could end up doing that. And, you know, these chips that are in everything, to change it on a government scale, it's an onerous task. To change it in the private sector, it is impossible. It can't happen. And so all the devices that we have now, with all of these chips in them, if they want to track you, have you guys heard of TikTok? TikTok is a program that's operated by, originally, China, and they would want to seize the information of anybody who used it, where they were, location, their uh, web browsing habits. If you have a simple flashlight program on your uh, phone, it probably asks you for all these permissions before they'll let you use the flashlight, like you have to share your address book. And you would say to yourself, why do I have to share my address book in order to use the flashlight? And most all of these programs that you have, or the widgets, or whatever you may have on your phone, all of those ask for permission, and they do it by default, and you have to go in and say, no, I don't want to share any of that. And some of them, you can't say no. If you want the program, you have to do that, like Facebook. Facebook is collecting so much information. And the information that Facebook and everyone else collects, Google and Twitter and Instagram, uh, there are a couple of places that they discovered in Texas, and there are many more. They hold all the information that you have ever completed in a technological way. It is stored. It is not done away with. And they're using that, and they're figuring out algorithms, and they're trying to figure out, well, what's the best advertising? And they sell that information, and what's the best way to get you? And what is your particular bent? What do you like to see? What do you like to read? Where do you go on the Internet? And so they, they form that to you. To give you an example of this, just the other day, I was sitting down with my grandson. My grandson is 10 months old, and he uh, was getting his diaper changed. And I was sitting on the chair right in front of him as he's getting the diaper changed. And since he was fussy, I decided to bring up a little YouTube video of puppies. You know, puppies just playing. And, and it immediately grabbed his attention. And I'm just holding it there as he watches it. And then I picked him up and I sat back in the chair. I took my phone and I kept the puppies going on the phone as I'm holding him. So I'm holding up the phone like this or maybe like this. And it's looking at him, it's looking at me, and it's looking at what I'm doing. And I grabbed a milk bottle, it had some uh, formula in it, and I gave him the formula. And as I'm just leaning back with the puppies like this, when I'm all done, I take it away, I stop the puppies, and an advertisement comes up of a man holding a baby, with the exact same bottle that I'm holding. How often do you get an advertisement like that? It's like a passive viewing. It's, I couldn't believe it. That, that, I'm using that bottle, that very bottle, and it's a special kind of spongy bottle at the bottom, and it was that bottle out of all the bottles that they could pick. So it just made me realize that camera it's not that there's somebody on the other side going, what's he doing? Let's put something in there. It's an algorithm that is constantly viewing what's going on. You have maybe an echo or uh, what do they call that thing in the house? We don't have one where you, um, what's the name of that? Uh, it's an echo. It's uh, not Siri. It's Alexa. Thank you, Alexa. 
you know, it's always listening. And they tried to say that they weren't listening on what you were doing. Well, they found out that that's not true. They're trying to train people to modify the algorithms so they have to listen to what's going on in households. And they've heard everything from murders to intimate sessions to you name it. They, they have listened. And guess what? It's all recorded and it's all stored. Whatever you say in your household, if that thing is there. And I, I dare say it's probably true with our phones as well. So we have these chips in everything. Now, in these chips, what they did with Iran, it was called a worm, is what it was. And it went through and it destroyed everything. Well, let me ask you this. Over the last 20 years, how many servers have been manufactured? Almost all of them have been manufactured. There is an estimated 80 million servers that hold all the information of all the technology in the world. Each one of those servers can have up to, I think they said, 20 virtual servers on one physical server, which means, I'll I'll read it to you what they say about it. It says, each virtual server is designated a separate operating system, software, and independent reboot provisioning. In a virtual server environment for web hosting, website administrators or internet service providers may have different domain names, IP addresses, email administration, file directories, logs, and analytics. So if you have one server, you actually may have up to 20 different servers in one server. Multiply that by 80 million. Now, not all 80 million have 20 Uh, different servers in there but you get the picture it's multiple millions of servers that are out there guess where the chips were made now what if somebody wanted to get into the servers and get some information what if they had a back door in those servers are you going to replace all 80 million plus servers no i don't think so those servers are also connected to banks they're they're connected to the stock market and they say oh those are secure yeah they're secure if you know that your chips are secure do you guys remember a thing called y2k y2k is child's play compared to what's going on now if china actually did this and by the way it's not china necessarily that makes them it's a company that makes it and when the company makes the chip What they do is, uh, sometimes, I don't know if you've seen this, but when they take these electron microscopes or these these, um, pictures of these chips when they want to look at them, sometimes they have found graffiti on them, like Daffy Duck. They'll find Daffy Duck or Where's Waldo. They'll see that somebody put a Where's Waldo on there. Another person was talking about it. And they said, yeah, some guys go in there and they write their initials and things like that on this microscopic stuff that's in there just because they can Well, if they're doing that and somebody comes along and says, hey, how about I pay you a few bucks to put in this little program in that ROM chip? Do you think that that's possible? I bet it happens all the time where people get not completely wealthy, but they get a lot of extra money for doing things of a nefarious nature. They say, oh, why not? You know, I'm never going to use this chip, that type of thing. And so that certainly could have been taking place. Now, Uh, A couple of people I was listening to talk about this. What about your routers at your house? 
Now, you probably have a Cox router or a Linksys or some other brand of router in your house. Uh, Those routers have chips in them. And if they want to know anything about you, if those chips were contaminated in the the ROM area, uh, could they activate that? Certainly, they could. You're hooked up to the worldwide Internet. They could do anything they want to with the information that is on your personal computer. How many routers are out there? Millions and millions of routers. And, you know, this technology, it's just incredible. Uh, Do you guys know, or maybe you've seen a transistor? A transistor came along to replace the tube in the back of a television. Remember television tubes way back? And one tube would go out, and you'd have to call out the repairman, and he'd have a bank of tubes in his uh, uh, television repair truck, and he'd go, oh, yeah, that's an A711. And he'd pull it out, and he'd stick it in there, and your television would work all over again, your analog television, black and white or color. And it was a marvelous thing. But then they changed that to integrated circuits, and you had these transistors. And the transistors have three wires going in them, and, and one leads to one area, and another leads to another area, and you have this gate that determines which way the electricity is going to go. And they... They were, you know, about this big. They, they weren't uh, very large. They were much smaller than the tubes that you had in your television. Well, what are they doing with those transistors now? You know, every day, Intel installs 80 billion transistors. Every day. They are microscopic. They are 10 nanometers in size. You know what's, how big that is? It's that big. It's not even that big. I can press my fingers together and never touch it in there. That's, that's how small they are. And what kind of functions do these transistors do inside the computer? It determines where all the electricity is going. And, and the things that we know that they have, we don't know what they do have in reality. So how far has this technology gone? It, it's so far beyond us, it would be incomprehensible. Uh, they call it quantum computing now is the level that they're getting to. And so the ability to do things and hide things and reprogram these chips, it, it is just incredible. Now, with that, we're having this conflict with China. It, it's below the media screen, but we're definitely having this. I've told you before that U.S. and China are not in biblical prophecy. We are not here to be of influence when Israel is attacked by Gog and Magog. Uh, And Gog is the prince and Magog is the land which is up there. Uh, Daryl, could you put up that image, please? Now, on this image, if you're looking at it, this is Ezekiel chapter 38, as the little picture says there. You see the green areas. You have Dedan and Sheba. And you have, up to the left, Tarshish. Tarshish is England, Great Britain, uh, we know it. And when it talks about the battle that comes down from the north into Russia, and that's Meshach and Rosh and Magog and Tubal and Gomer and Tagarma and Persia and down below, Egypt's not involved, but Libya and Ethiopia and Sudan, uh, that's that's Put and Cush, Uh, those areas down there in Ezekiel chapter 38. Well, I don't know if you guys 
were watching the news this last week. But there was a, a ceremony at the White House. And that ceremony at the White House was the United Arab Emirates signing a peace treaty with Israel. Now, on that map that you're looking at up there, you see Dedan, verse 13, Sheba. If you look at where the N is located, that little outline there is the United Arab Emirates. Now, what it is, is it's a bunch of chiefs, chieftains. They have all these little areas in there. So they all got together and said, okay, we're going to come together and we're going to be like a country. And that's the United Arab Emirates. They just signed this deal. Where is their land located according to Ezekiel chapter 38? It's Dedan. Now Sheba, or excuse me, Sheba. To the north a little bit is Dedan. Dedan is Saudi Arabia. Who is Saudi Arabia's arch enemy? It is Iran. And Iran is the arch enemy of Israel. The enemy, or excuse me, the friend of my enemy is my friend. And so they are talking about having a peace treaty deal. They want to be next to have a peace treaty deal with Israel. If they do, they are the ones biblically that protest when Russia comes down, Meshach, Rosh, Magog, Gomer, they're all going to come down and Sheba and Dedan are going to protest that they're doing this. That means they have to have some kind of alliance as far as the Bible is concerned. This is historic that this is going on. Prophetic-wise, you're going, it's actually, the pieces are falling into place. And who are the other ones that uh, object to this? Tarshish. And it says in the, I believe it's in the King James, and it says Tarshish and her whelps, or her villages, I think is in the NIV. What would be the whelps of Great Britain? Us. We are the children of Great Britain. And so you see all of this coming together and you go, what, how close are we getting here to this Gog-Magog invasion? Well, I, I don't know. I think maybe tomorrow or no, I, it, it could be months away. But I, I look at these events and I go, this is right out of scripture that Sheba and Dedan are going to be aligned with Israel. Not that they're going to do anything when a battle comes, but they are certainly going to protest. Well, Let's go back to these chips. Now I'm going to put all these pieces of the puzzle together. We go back to these chips, and the election is coming up, right? We have this election between Joe Biden and Biden, who's Biden, and then we have Donald Trump as well. Now, do you think that some of the media giants who are out there, YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and Google, do you think that they like Trump? The answer is no. They don't like Trump. They're constantly taking off, like YouTube is owned by Google, they're constantly taking off conservative videos uh, from YouTube. Dennis Prager would be one. They're constantly taking down his videos, and they're all so good. If you get a chance to read those or listen to them, uh, they're on his website. It's called PragerU. Uh, I think it's PragerU.com. You can listen to those. Just excellent. And they, they take down these videos that are placed up there that are of a conservative bent. So when it gets to the election, imagine this. There's chaos during the election. And these YouTube and Twitter accounts and Instagram and Google, they all decide there's a lot of chaos going on. And with that chaos going on, if Trump wins, especially if he wins in a landslide, 
I'm not a prophet, but if I was a betting man, I'd say there's going to be violence. There's going to be a lot of violence. Did you see what they did with Ruth Bader Ginsburg? They're threatening violence. They want to burn down everything because Trump wants to appoint a Supreme Court justice. And they don't want that to happen because they're going to be losing the battle. And so their hair's on fire and they're blowing things up. And they just decided they want to stop all that. So Twitter and Google and everybody comes along and says, you know, we need to tone this down a little bit. So let's remove all controversy. Let's block all those things that are triggering people, like conservative viewpoints. Let's just take them off during the time of the election, because we're not going to know the day of the election. I I can pretty much guarantee that. If we do, it's going to be at midnight or 3 o'clock in the morning. But there are ballots now, like in Pennsylvania, that don't have to be handed in until they get three days after the election to hand in those ballots. And there's other places where this is taking place as well, and it's mail-in controversy that's there with the mail-in ballots. Uh, There's something that's taken place with that now. They just installed a new technology. If you've been listening to the media, they're not talking about mail-in ballots anymore. And the reason is they have developed this system to track the ballots from the person's home back to the polling place. And if it goes anywhere else, it's tracked and it's discarded. And so that technology has come out. And so now they're talking about just going back to the ballots again because then they think they can stuff the ballots uh, with what's going on there. And by the way, my personal opinion is that it's only to steal the election. Ballot harvesting in California, if you're familiar with what's going on with that. So we won't know who wins for a few days. Uh, I would also say Biden will probably not concede. Remember Hillary Clinton and Trump? Hillary asked Trump, will you concede if you lose the election? He goes, I'm going to find out if it's a fair election. I'm not going to agree to that. What did Hillary say? Biden should not concede. What a hypocrite. You know, she wants Trump to concede, but she doesn't want Biden to concede if he seems to be losing the election. Then the violence is going to escalate. The social media will censor. Uh, they will try to find the excuse to de-escalate the violence while not reporting on it. The media will not report on the violence. And they found out that as they were reporting on these violent happenings, like up in Portland, that the polls were going down uh, against the, the Democratic establishment. And so they stopped reporting on it. And they just said, it's just protesters, peaceful protesters, which are out there. And of course, we know that that is not true. And then uh, we have this mail-in system, this voting. Well, what if China says, well, we're going to mess up the post office because they have these systems that are there with these ROM chips in them that we have devised. And let's just wreak havoc over there. Let's cause chaos that's going on. So you have China doing this. You have Antifa. You have BLM. You have the Democrat Party. You have the media. Everybody's just working together to cause chaos. And what do they want to do that for? Well... In keeping with never let a crisis go to waste, then they come in and they install things like martial law. And they tell you what you have to do. And people are willing to give up freedom in order to have peace. And so they want to make sure that people are all corralled in such a way where they will forcefully have to accept the consequences of that. Now, just as a side note, those in the Democratic Party, they're planks in their platform as opposed to the Republicans who are out there. And by the way, it's only those two parties that are running. Might the election be stolen? Well, what do they want to do 
Exactly. And what are they talking about? They want to defund ICE, the police, get rid of bail, reform the justice system. BLM and Antifa are the current military wing of the Democratic Party, just like the KKK was back in the last century. As the party, uh, the Democrats, they are the ones that wanted slavery. The Democrats were the ones who voted against the Civil Rights Act in 1964. They want more taxes. They want larger government. They want to get rid of gas-burning cars. By the way, we're having these uh, brownouts that are there. You know why they're having that? Because they won't burn the fossil fuels to keep the power plants going because of the new green deal that California decided to implement that the country did not. That's why we're having the brownouts. They could easily power up the power plants. I think I've told you before. I work at two power plants. I go down there and I talk to the operators down there. And they said, oh yeah, we could crank those things up when there's a brownout, but they tell us not to. It's like, why? So we have to be without the power. You know, it's the goal to have no cars that have gas by, what is it, 2040 or 2045. And no electricity that has been retrieved from a fossil fuel power plant. They want everything to come from wind and solar. And so if we stay in California, we're going to be having brownouts all the time. Not only that, they are for violence and intimidation. They are for allowing newborn babies to die if the mother doesn't want it. Ralph Northam, uh, he's one that talked about that. Uh, they want to ration health care. They want to stack the Supreme Court. Did you see that? That was on the news this morning. If Trump picks a Supreme Court nominee, Roosevelt wanted to do this too, by the way, wants to stack the court, bringing like 10 liberals that will just rule the court and they will not be strict constructionists. Therefore, the court will never go back. That's what they're threatening to do. And they said, we're going to pull out all stops. I think it was uh, Chuck Schumer that said that. We're going to pull out all stops. They want mayhem. They want control. They don't care about the vote of the people. They're not trying to win the people. They're trying to intimidate the people. Now you might say, this is church. What are you talking about politics for? The reason I'm talking about politics is politics is moral. It is moral and immoral. That's what the battle is for. Those, I believe, who are in the Democrat Party are for immorality as far as the Bible is concerned. And those who are the Republicans... They are for a more balanced moral system. Not that they're perfect. They're politicians. They're not perfect. But it's closer to what Christ would say, this is the right thing to do. And so this is going to be the fight of the century. And then after Trump wins, Lord willing, who's the next one going to be? And will they win? You know, eventually the odds are the left's going to win. Now, should you be depressed about that? No, because we know the end. We know what happens. Might we suffer a little bit? Well, yeah, we might, but we still know the end. Now, that's just a couple of things. We've got the election. We've got the chips that are there. Let me go to the next one. How about SpaceX? You like SpaceX? I don't know if you've seen it, but there's an app for Starlink. I downloaded it a couple of months ago. And you can see all these satellites. They're all in a row that go across the sky. Currently, they have 700 satellites that Elon Musk has set up there. And he was a real innovator. And when it comes to these satellites, you know, most of the satellites are like round or big or, you know, they, they look like a spaceship. They, they come out of a spaceship. He made them flat. 
he, it's just like a, a, it's probably the size of this stage up here. Uh, when I saw it, it looked about that big. And they have this single side fold out solar panel that's up there. There are 700 of these right now. They're all in a line and they're going around the earth. They're at 350 miles above the earth. They're eventually going to be all the way up to about 750 miles above the earth. He needs 12,000 of them to get to the 5G stage where people can start using it. He eventually wants 42,000 of them up there. You can look it up. Starlink, Elon Musk is doing this. Last time he went up there, I, I don't know if he put 90 or 30 or 40 of them up at one time. He stacks them up there and they, they shoot out and they go to their orbit where they're supposed to be. And eventually it's going to be like a tapestry around the earth where we have 42,000 satellites. And these satellites are autonomous. They talk to each other by laser, which is instantaneous, not by radio wave, but by laser. And they'll know where each one is. And they have these new uh, propulsion systems on them where they just pulse like that to get them to the orbit they need to be at 350 miles up the tendency to be pulled to the earth is great and so they just keep on pulsing and they stay right where they're supposed to stay and then eventually when they get into the grid where they're supposed to be what will happen if one of them starts to fail they can either just fall back to earth most of it will just burn up or they can jettison it out into space and then the ones the extra ones that are out there will just come in and one will come in and take its place and so they'll constantly be working autonomously and we'll have this 5g network that is everywhere around the earth your phone will talk to cell tower which will talk to the satellite and you can talk to somebody in nigeria in real time it's not going to be delayed at all and the whole world will be connected at that point we're not quite connected like that yet but we will be connected at the same time we'll have real time going all the way around the earth when all these satellites go up now this is pretty exciting you know, the technology and all of those little transistors that are the 10 nanometers in size and everything that they can do with that and the chips that are there. And we don't know if these chips are in this system, 5G system. But imagine Elon Musk. He gets this system going. Now, right now, we have this backbone of the Internet. It's here. It's hardwired. It is fiber optic. It goes to the servers. It goes everywhere. In the future, it's not going to be here. It's going to be Starlink. Now, who owns Starlink? Elon Musk. Well, who controls Elon Musk and Starlink? Well, which country is it in? It's not. It's space. He becomes his own country. And because he has that kind of power, you know, these companies that are right now like AT&T at 350 miles, your cell phone will work with that, with the towers that are there. At 350 miles, AT&T, Sprint, and Verizon, guess who they're going to have to go with? They're going to have to go with the Starlink. They're going to have to go with the Elon Musk because that is the 5G, and everybody is going to have to hook up to 5G. We will all have phones that have 5G. We will all be connected to Starlink. And if Elon Musk wants to censor Twitter, Instagram, Google, it has to go through his system to do it. How powerful is he going to be? He's going to be incredibly powerful. Is Elon Musk the Antichrist? No, I don't think he's the Antichrist. But you see how this is being set up. Now, why is that so important that we have the 5G, everything's around the world, we're all linked in? What's with that? Well, imagine the communication possibilities. You know, Scripture says that 
There are going to be two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11 that when they are killed after being a witness, the whole world will see it. Now, we can kind of do that with cameras right now, but literally, if you have a phone, you'll see it. Are they giving away phones in poor countries? I, I was in Africa, I was in Cambodia, in just the farthest reaches, and you see the person with no shoes, they pull out their cell phone. They had it right there. They're just giving them away to everybody. Everybody will be able to see that at the same time. So Revelation chapter 11, where these two witnesses are killed, left in the streets for three and a half days, and then they're resurrected. And when they're resurrected and they ascend to heaven, everybody will see it at that point. You see how this technology is leading us towards the fulfillment of prophecy? That's right here. And so that man's going to be incredibly profitable. If you don't have Starlink stock or SpaceX stock, well, I'm not a financial wizard, but it might be a good investment in the short term here. So all this is being set up, but I'm not done. There's more. Have you heard of a vaccine coming? This vaccine that is coming, Dr. Fauci, you guys know who that guy is? Dr. Fauci? You know that he owns several patents dealing with HIV. That's how long he's been there. He's a wealthy man. You know he owns like 50% of the patent for this corona COVID virus vaccine. You think he has a conflict of interest there? I I think he might. Now with these vaccines, of course, he's working with um, uh, not Microsoft, but Bill Gates. Working with Bill Gates. He's big on vaccines. They have developed this technology. It's incredible technology. You know what fireflies are, right? Fireflies have this gene that allows them to bioluminesce. If you go down to the beach and when it's red tide, you see the bioluminescence out there, and it looks kind of blue. It's kind of cool to see it. When uh, Buzz and I would go diving, especially if it's in the dead of night, we'd be down on the ocean floor, and they tell you, turn off your flashlight and go like this. And so that's what we do. And you see all this bioluminescence in the ocean water. You can't see the sharks, so it doesn't worry. But you've got this bioluminescence that's going on. It's just kind of cool. So they have taken the DNA, the enzymes that do this, and they've put this into the vaccine. They've determined how to get the bioluminescence into the vaccine. When you get the vaccine, I don't know if you guys ever had this, I did, where they give you a test for tuberculosis when I was a kid, and they pulled out this thing that looked like a large stick pin, and it had four needles in it, and they just punch it right into your arm, and if you react, it swells up if you have the disease. If it doesn't, it just kind of goes away. Well, they're developing this, uh, what's the name of it? I have it down here. I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. They have this... Uh, it's called a, um, ah, what's the name? There it is. Micro needle tech, where they take these different shapes, patterns of needles, and they install in that this bioluminescent enzyme or gene, I forget which one they called it, with the vaccine. And so when it's given to you, just like that tuberculosis shot, you put it in there like that, you can't see it until you get some ultraviolet light. You stick the ultraviolet light up there, and you can see the pattern. The pa- and there's several different patterns that they have for each different vaccine. 
And all they have to do, if you want to travel, you have the vaccine, they take the blue light and they put it where your vaccine is. You just tell them where it is. Where's a good place to put the vaccine? On your hand, forehead. That would be the place to put it. And so they're getting the people ready for being screened before you can conduct commerce with this vaccine. And I'll bet you the airlines are going to say, you have to have the vaccine before you can fly. All of a sudden, no more vacations unless you get the vaccine. You can't attend sporting events unless you've had the vaccine. So they're just getting people ready for that. By the way, just a side note on this. You know, the social distancing, six feet. Are you guys getting used to that? Do you find yourself going, yeah, hi, how you doing? Yeah, it's good to see you. And you come in like this and you have your mask on. Six feet, right? You know, the uh, technology that they have as far as being able to look down to earth and who's there. It is a good idea to keep people seven feet apart so you can distinguish between who is who down there. So we're getting ready to just practice the social distancing. The next step is stay seven feet apart if we want to identify who you are. And by the way, all this uh, Starlink stuff, imagine if they put cameras on each one of those satellites up there. Years ago, I think Daryl will remember this, we were in a home fellowship and I, I think it was wimp.com. I can't remember what the website was, but they're talking about the drones that they hover over cities at 40,000 feet and they installed a bunch of cell phone cameras, about 300 of them on these uh, drones at the time and they could look down to the cities in real time and they recorded all the video. If a crime is committed, they can see, they can read the newspaper, they can identify face, faces down there. They didn't go through all that technology there, but they have facial recognition technology. And they can see who's who, they can identify cars, the, you can even identify a bird flying across the sky. And that's all done through a computer. Imagine each one of those satellites having the camera capability that were on these drones 15, 20 years ago that were up there. So you have that, you have your cell phone that is 5G, the satellites know exactly where you are, you have an identification code on your phone, they know who you are, they know everything about your vaccine and if you're able to travel, they have all your banking information, they have it all. They have everything there. And you cannot buy or sell unless, like you go to Starbucks today, you can't use cash. You have to use a card or you have to use your phone. Everybody is being conditioned to use no cash, there are no coins, shortage of coins. Is that just by coincidence? Are they going to continue with that? What's going on? We don't want to use cash because you might be contaminated. Well, here, take my non-contaminated credit card then. You see how stupid that is? They're, they're obviously going in a particular direction, and then you put the satellite technology with that. I have a, a truck now that I, I just got. I can start it with my phone, and Ford wants to know where I am, what I'm doing, and what's going on with my truck all the time. Oh, so they want to track my vehicle, the house. They want that, the new Nest uh, thermostats in your house because they want to know what you're using and remember all those chips and they can read everything which is out there. You, you see where this is heading? The social distancing, the being compliant and the, having the safety instead of the freedom in order to have uh, giving up freedom for the safety, that type of thing. We are being conditioned for the Antichrist to set up his system. 
Now, is this in fulfillment of prophecy? I think it is. Are we in the tribulation? No, I don't think we are. Is the vaccine the mark of the beast? No, but I believe it's being set up to be. Uh, Should we be worried? No, I don't think we should be worried. Are things going to get worse? Most assuredly, they're going to get worse. Should we panic? No, we shouldn't panic. I, I would leave you with this verse. Proverbs twenty-seven, twelve: The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. We need to know the times in which we live as it pertains to the scripture. God told us this was going to happen. He told us to be watching what is taking place so that we can be prepared. The only final thing that we need is an economic collapse. You get that economic collapse in there, what's going to happen? Let's change the banking system. Everybody will be given a particular amount and we'll just go from there. We'll equalize everybody standing in the world except for those who are in power. Those are Marxist, by the way, that wish to do that. And as I said earlier, or previous occasions, BLM and Antifa are Marxist organization and they have taken up residence or they are part of the Democrat Party. Now, is that strong language? It absolutely is strong language. But this is what we're dealing with. So what should we do as believers in Christ, good disciples? Vote. Make sure you go vote. Maybe we'll have a a hand in delaying evil. And that's our job. Our job is to push back against evil, which is there. There are those who would like to take your wealth. By the way, that's, is it Prop 15? They want to uh, raise property taxes. They want to get rid of the Howard Jarvis uh, Prop 13. So it's going to be Prop 15. And if they do, that's it. California is done. All the businesses will leave. And it will roll across the United States. So let's do our part. Let's know that the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. He will come to get us, but there's much that we still must endure until that time. Do not worry, do not fret, because we know how this ends. May the Lord provide for you strength and wisdom as you seek after him, and may he give you clarity in this world that seems so murky. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for... Your word, how it has pointed out to us what is coming. And we see the pieces of that puzzle coming together, whether it's in technology or the enemies uh, against us. And will we be here? Will we not? Uh, Lord, those are all questions, but we don't need to worry. We can think about these things. We can contemplate them. But we ask for your help in this. And just being so wise in the way that we live. And knowing all these things, we would ask, Lord, that you would help us to reach out to others, to try to explain truth to them, giving them the gospel, giving them a reason for the hope that lies within us. And with your help, we'll do it. In Jesus' name, amen.